You are listening to Unapologetic Talk, brought to you by We The People. Bringing some common sense with a little New York disrespect. We The People, for the people, by the people. You, uh, yeah, it's Rally Rebel. What's good, y'all? It's Don's Cartier. Yeah. Rudy Fraser. Uh, yeah. You know, it's MC, Miles Carter. Oh. First oh, time on the show. Yo, wait, wait, Miles. Miles is new to this. Comedy. He's new to this. introduce you, bro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All That's right. This is Rally Rebel. It's Don's Cartier. Rudy Fraser. It is it's Unapologetic Talk. Yeah. Yo, today we got a uh, special co-host. Um, comrade, friend, slash roommate, my Nick Miles. Yeah, you already know, gang, gang, gang. Um, yeah, he's gonna be tuning in on some of the topics and then sliding his opinion in there. Mm -hmm. Right on. And um, I'm very opinionated, but I like to be fact based. You know, if if I go off into, you know, something that's not fact based, I don't mind debating. But um, you know, we're we're here to just spread information, so that's the main thing. So, Unapologetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Miles funny as hell. I can't read you. <laughs> Yo, look. Um, didn't know today is MLK Day. Well, it's being released right now. It's not MLK Day, but y'all watch this episode. It's MLK Day, mm-hmm. and y'all know how important this day is. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's a government holiday now, right? So, um, you know, I I think that uh. This day is still to like to uh, show the importance of uh, Dr. King and his message. Uh, you know, um, so that was a big shit. We talk about U.S. history. That was a big part. And even though they shun, um, they don't really put enough light on the other activists. You know what I mean? Um, I guess he was more to them of their liking because of uh, you know him, him pressing for peace. But I mean. The, the message was still the same with like for equality and stuff like that and uh how he fought you know for for black people um i just don't i just don't want this day to be like uh this as a as a, as a regular holiday of, of people getting off work or, or just like you know what i mean just looking at the day off i think the teachers still need to be there it's only like uh besides black history month this one is the only holiday they give black people mm-hmm. you know what i mean to try to acknowledge something um and uh, and I, I like I said I just don't want it to be like taken as another holiday. Um, I also wanted to uh, just just um being the fact that I have a march a, a action going on later on today when y'all watching this but not today but um later on today uh is an action at Barclays um 7 p.m. Uh, you know I, I, I called a couple of black organizers to come out you know what I mean um. Just to set the tone on uh, what's what's going on for this year, as far as uh, their their fights and their movements and how to support. You know, what I mean, uh, black organizers will also will be showing solidarity with the um, you know the places facing genocide with Sudan, um, Congo, and uh, uh, Palestine. You know, what I mean, um, and you know, preparing for like getting myself ready for you know to speak at the march. Um, I was just looking up. You know, uh, seeing like what was um, Dr. King's stance on on Palestine, and they that's why you have to do your your research, you got to do your history, all that type of stuff. The way they're trying to paint Dr. King is that that you know that he was a um, like he was like a Zionist, like they got this letter 
that they got published or something that is supposed to be coming from one of his anti-Zionist friends. And um, they say there's really no history of this letter, but it's, it's in a couple of they. This is how, like, if you look it up, this is these are the, you know, what I mean, some of the things they said. They said that you know he had a, a letter that he wrote to his anti-Zionist friend, and he basically telling him like, if you if you if you are um, anti-Zionist, you're anti-Semitic. It's basically all the stuff that it, it, it's just crazy. Um, but to, to find out, like, he wasn't, he knew what was going on. He was for Israeli being its own state, um, but he wasn't, he wasn't for you know. Uh, uh, for them people, um, for the Palestinians to be treated like the way they are. He was saying that it had to, you know, the people had the right to have their own state, but it wasn't like in the way they were taking it. Um, and he also, the war that kicked off over there in, in the Middle East, um, I think like in, in 1967, he didn't see the outcome of that because he, he was killed um, early in 1968. So he didn't get to see like the, the full outcome or the full extent of, you know what I mean? What happened to the Palestinian people? How they're being treated now, and, and how it got to that? You know what I mean? Um, so, and, and um, I also put a um, a quote on the flyer where he's talking about like you know injustice to anybody is injustice anywhere, and you know um, and and that that was why he was talking about the Middle East, whatever was going on at the Middle East at that time. But I'm just saying, um, hey, you know, just just do your own research, your own history. And like I said, I try to look for. Um, a speech of his of, of him talking, you know what I mean, about what was going on in Palestine. Because if everybody knows that um, all, all the majority of the, of the activists, black activists, you know, show, show solidarity of what's going on, what, what's going on with Palestine, always have. So um, that's what I was saying. I tried to look, and, and that's what I came across. So just do your own history, educate yourself on Dr. King. Don't let this day just be a day off. Um, anybody else want to share anything on Dr. King? I know there's something. That was very, I feel like it's a very crucial for people to do their own research, especially on like activists before us, because a lot of people fail to realize that it was like the government and the media who really pushed the divide between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Like we understand that we're humans at the end of the day. So obviously all humans are not going to agree on everything, but they had a lot of common ground on their standards when it comes to like human rights. So I don't know. I feel like if we could have had that unity within that, if we, they didn't allow the division from the outside parties, like and really like you know, continue to work together, we would be a lot further. But it's because people don't want to like check in on what they're really talking about and the issues that they're trying to fight together. They had a lot of like similar views. And so at the end, towards the end of uh, before Malcolm died, he was willing to work. You know what I mean? Um, I think I think uh, the division there was maybe the religion of, of me. I think it's always interesting, just as a young person that wasn't around for that, to see how he became the symbol of the civil rights movement. Even right. though there were, like you said, other characters such as Malcolm X and certain Black Panther revolutionaries and such. But all these years later, it's almost as if Martin Luther King is the poster boy for um, you know, just how to exhibit your rights in search of black liberation. But I think his message has been so just changed over time that we are expected to be pacifist in the face of violence. And I think just given that it's been 60 years, you know, 
I think we should be celebrating him, but we should also look at it and see where we can grow and set ourselves apart from what they've been doing in the past mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, he was actually killed by the FBI and his death led to riots. So, you know, the peaceful message he has promoted has been continued over the years, but that hasn't necessarily been the reality over time. So I think that I have a dream speech was very powerful and it opened people's eyes to the experiences and the possibilities in America. But, um, you know, every time this day comes around, I'm not too excited, you know, seeing those images of him in black and white, speaking amongst all those people and dealing with the, the police and the dogs and just regular racist people, you know, they, they, they sabotage his home and threaten his family, all this stuff. So I think it's a full culmination when we look at MLK is the obstacles he faced versus the things he achieved and what was left to be sorted out by all of us who were who learning from him every day. So. Very, very powerful figure. Just to add on to everything that y'all been saying, um, his uh, MLK has been like co-opted a lot um, in recent years, especially also on the far right um, and right wing people. There's actually an article that came out today about this um, this dude named Charlie Kirk, who is a right wing activist. But him and there's just been like this whole like attack on diversity, equity, and inclusion lately. Uh, also including people like Elon Musk, who blamed the like. Uh, recent uh, Alaska Airlines door flying off to uh, from the boarding plane. He blamed that on them hiring black people. Um, he said DEI is the reason that that uh, plane is falling apart and this, this is the outcome. Um, people use Martin's quote of not to be judged by the color of their skin, by the content of their character as like, that's why you shouldn't have diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, so it's very interesting how people have taken uh, our activists and weaponized them against yes. us. Um, and and yeah, they call like there's a quote here of him calling uh, uh, Dr. King a good lib- a good liberal. So it's like it's <laughs> that, that's really not far from move from like he's one of the good ones, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that other thing Miles you mentioned having. Uh, MLK, like in black and white, there's a bunch of photos of him in color, you know, so it's like, because it was not that long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. That's like, like kind of part of the propaganda they put out, you know, things that they definitely have in the archives in color, they'll, they'll put it in black and white. Make us feel like, like, I was just about so to too. like, they're acting like there wasn't color back then, like they didn't choose to make this scene so long ago, like to <laughs> distance us from the realities that we're still facing, like these issues have not been solved, like this was your grandmother's nice. generation, you know? She grew up in this, like, come on, bro. Yo, hold <laughs> up, real quick, though. That shit happened when the door fell off, was that in the air? Yeah, that was mid-air. That was mid uh, And there's like a whole FAA investigation into Boeing right now about it. Um, it was on Alaska Airlines. They, was, they, st- they kept flying, though. I think they kept flying the plane. What? And then they like it and did it, but people just had like, <laughs> you know, no like station type shit. Things get sucked out. That's what people was like. It's, it's no, no one, no one got sucked out, and no one was sitting in the seat where the the piece flew off. Um, luckily, because like I don't know what I would do if I was <laughs> if the plane that the part of the plane next to me just I'm hanging out. <laughs> 
I might be like out of the loop, but why did it matter what Elon Musk thought about the incident? Was he responsible or in any way? Yeah, that's like, traumatizing to me. Y'all have to so Why does it matter? Tie, is he tied to the company? I guess the argument is that it doesn't matter, but he's is he, just- Is he tied to the company? No, he's not tied to it. He's just, he's a guy with a Twitter account, but he owns Twitter. So I was just bringing that up to this like very far right turn. Like most t- people think of tech as like very left leaning, but like Elon actively supports white supremacists and Elon's like one of my top ops. So, so, I'm a, so the I'm base, a, basically the comment he made was even, he doesn't even know who actually built the, the plane. He's just saying yeah, an anti-black statement. That's that's like Elon's Twitter account. You don't even know who built the fucking airplane, bro. How are you going to say something like that? The guy who owns Twitter from Twitter. Like, how do we do that? How do we get him off his own account? His own. <laughs> that's the fact. He's over here taking down journalists and shit. But, but yeah, there's all the, there's like, there's, um I don't know. There's just all these things now where people, I, it's just so funny to like use, use MLK quotes to be anti-diversity. Yeah. Literally, that's America in 2023. It's the future. Yeah, man. <laughs> I ain't up to date yet. My bad. It's the future, baby. <laughs> that's... Yeah, I thought they had a uh, who's it? The MLK. They got another guy. MLK. Oh shit, this is wrong. They got MLK on Fortnite though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's your... They brought him back. So they had him yeah, last that's year. I'm saying though, bro. And that pissed me off. Leave Fortnite. Leave MLK alone. Let him rest in peace. Bro. He is rolling his grave, nah, looking dude. at his video nah, game right nah, now, Nah, nah, nah. If I catch MLK on Fortnite, that's my favorite character. I'm buying that nigga. Yo, I'm running around with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting shit up with MLK. Everybody shooting shit up with MLK. Wait, speaking of that, that, that bears the question. What happens to his name and likeness when people are profiting off of, uh, his image? Exactly. Like, yeah, I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder where that go to. Cause there was a story I think that his eldest sister or his only surviving sibling had passed away, like in 2023 at the age of 95. So that makes me wonder, like, how much. Hold on, was that his sister? I thought that was Malcolm's sister. The 95. I think that was MLK's sister that passed away. Was MLK? Did my last year? Yeah, like in the fall. It wasn't really like that long ago. Yeah, I mean, I can do some research. Let me see. That was um, was out here. Okay, nah, but basically, there? right. So I'm wondering who who's they, getting paid. MLK family did. They live out here in New York. They comment, wait, they commented on Jonathan Majors because he keeps talking about Coretta. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, 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 wait. See, now I've seen some shit like that, but I ain't read it all the way. What happened with that? He he says that his his <laughs> ex, who ran him all through the streets, a white woman, he said he had a, I think there's like a recording of him saying he wanted her to be more like a Michelle Obama, more oh. like a Kareem Scott King. Nah, nah, I heard that. I heard that. I heard the recording. I heard the recording. <laughs> he was cussing her out. They was in the house. And she was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a that's that's a yeah. That shit sound bad, bro. That 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 recording do sound bad. It sound like the um, I don't even want to say that. It sound like the old OJ tape, bro. Oh damn! Yeah, I was being realistic. Like when OJ used to be cussing the cold, I'm just be crazy. 
people have been saying that uh, our generation does not put enough respect on elders because we uh, we laugh about how Coretta, Coretta got cheated on, <laughs> and that's part of her legacy. <laughs> Martin had. Yo, I heard he was, he was out there. He was loyal. MLK was pushing P. Is what he was doing. Yo, this generation has no respect, though. I was saying that shit for a minute, yo. And I blame it on the internet. But, bro, it don't matter. That's why I said, I'm scared to, like, almost die, yo. Because when you die, yo, so good, bro. When, when, bro, when the people die on the internet, it's, like, sad for, like, an hour. And then the jokes come, like, an hour later, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely this generation. I remember Joe, when Joe Jackson died, it was a whole bunch of like, you know what I mean? They had like a whole bunch of memes of Michael Jackson in heaven, like like when your daddy get here and they like had all the like the faces of Michael. Yo, it was just crazy, bro. But it's like anytime somebody died, like like people make fun of them, that shit. And I blame the internet. I blame the internet. I blame society. <laughs> Why do we normalize this, this evil humor? This dark humor. Bro, and it wasn't this bad, bro, until the internet came out. No, it's it, it's been this bad. I feel like it's been this bad. The internet just exposed it on the right, and 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 honestly, that's kind of like, would you rather someone say something to your face or behind your back? Bro, the internet, yeah. bro. I remember. I mean, I would rather. I remember too. going to funerals where everybody was dressed up and we was going in there and it was like respectful. I go into the to, to the funerals now. Niggas got their cell phones out taking pictures of their bodies and be posting them shits. It's on the internet, bro. That'd be like, and I'd be like, damn, you dying? Like, what the fuck? Why can't you just look at him while he was alive? Or, or at Letitia James, <clears throat> shit be crazy. Letitia James, that's Martin's funeral. I saw you on your phone a couple times, girl. <laughs> he was texting a little fast. I was like, what's so urgent? You know, he's not going anywhere. But come on, let's be honest. Yeah. And my it's brother, wrong. my brother sent me a clip the other day where where it was, it was it was a skit, but it was just funny as hell. Um, I, I think it's. Somebody clipped this out of a movie. I can't remember what movie it was. But the people fighting by the train tracks. And, and and one of them fall on the train tracks. And the train is coming. And everybody like, help them, help them. And then everybody just pulled their phone out and started recording. Then they started like trying to help them, show their hand and shit, pulling the nigga out the train track. <laughs> like, oh, this is crazy, bro. No, that is sick. Well, I guess everybody, that's a big difference. Reporter. Everybody want to be first. Everybody want to be like, I got the stuff. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if MLK was an activist in today's, uh, you know, media atmosphere, whether he would be as openly like celebrated and have like a national holiday. Because I feel like a lot of the times, like your supporters also just, or your most avid supporters, let's say, they can kind of scare away sponsorship from like the mainstream, you know, because they know they're like, giving your base a bigger platform than they already had, kind of like with Trump in January 6th. But that, that question you asked, too, that's what that's what I wondered, too. Like, if, if I mean, I don't know if it's the same question, but if, if certain people don't get killed, what would they, what would they position be now? Would they be as, as, as big as they are? Do we know they made all those barriers and cracked all that? Like, 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 all right, for example, uh, the Bobby Rush, Fred Hampton, right? They both were like cold, cold leaders, but we don't, we don't, we we don't hear. I mean, Fred Hampton got killed, but you, you damn near don't hear about Bobby Rush at all. You just hear when you do hear about him is like the dude that stood next to Fred Hampton. But I think they were both on the same platform, making them out of the move. I just think that Fred Hampton got killed. 
So you don't get to, even though Bobby Rush is still like, you know what I mean? Right. That's why I always wonder about that shit. Like, yeah, if, if, if were they still out here making moves and they didn't get killed, like, would they be as big as they are? Like, yeah. So, someone, I would say someone, um, right before we went to the, the, uh, the Bobby Rush event, I had shared it on Blue Sky. Um, because someone was talking about how I forget it shocks me. First of all, it shocks me that there are people who grow up hearing that the Black Panthers were terrorists. I'm only now being aware that that is a thing that that in some parts of America, the Black Panthers have a bad reputation and that people think that they are the villains um, and which obviously never once have I heard that until most recently being more on the internet. Um, but because of that, like some people started being like, yo, the Panther, there are Panthers still alive. You could go ask them what they were about. Right. And, like, that's not something people think about. Like, like again, with the mm-hmm. black and white of MLK, like there are Panthers still here, like Bobby Rush, like uh, Sister Elaine Brown, like, and they still speaking on some of those topics. Like um, in a blog post I had written about Black Sky, like I literally watched a YouTube video of, Lane Brown talking about the 10th point of the Black Panther program, including like community control of technology, because she was like, oh, the Russians weaponized social media? Like, why can't we weaponize social media? Why aren't we building software and stuff like that? Like, they still here. They're still talking about things. And so um, I think for some of those things, you don't even got to wonder. I think it's really like if they were as big as they were, I, but I, I think two, like, I think two things, like one, I don't, I think if they were, I think if Fred was still alive, he wouldn't be as relevant. I, I think, unfortunately, like, I just think they, I think however they found a way to kill these movements, like, I think they would have still just killed the movements and maybe different people would be alive. Um, right, right. Literally. But, but then too, like, I just feel like I worry that a lot of people, depending on what happens, their whole, like, I don't know. They're just not the same as they was, you know. Like people, it's hard to be radical like at eighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's he's still- like that's why I was trying to tell people like they, maybe that's why he went into politics. Bobby Rush went into politics because it's like, all right, I probably didn't did as much as I could do. Same, like I guess what Evan Raymond was talking about when about being on the police force. Like he felt like he could do all he could do was activism in there, but um. Uh, like, like, far as for Bobby Rush being that old, I guess he was thinking like, how can I still inspire people or make an impact? And I guess he's trying to do what he can behind that. But y'all already know how I feel about behind being behind that wall. But um, going behind that that desk and, and trying to make moves that way. But either way, I I, I think he's still like inspiring people. Um, and shit that she's doing now, like just going out and speaking out. You know what I mean? And and have, have, holding those uh. Those platforms, like he, he did when we went to go see him, I think that that's fire to do. But yeah, that's why I'll be wondering that shit too. Like when I get when I get tired of like physically putting myself on the line, like I, I'm thinking about like what's gonna be my next steps. How do I still like uh, impact the game radically without just sitting back like all right, I'm too tired to uh, go out there and get beat up. Really getting existential on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that's a good way to melt into something else but uh, as a, a point again, again about Martin Luther King Day um, you know that's going to be an inspiring thing for a lot of young people that are in the activist realm 
And um, we're probably going to see a lot of people out. But um, I guess we can't get sidetracked by the performative nature of people's activism when a day like this comes around. Because there's a lot of unaddressed things that we know people will try to reopen and readdress. So I would just say anyone watching this, if you are acknowledging Martin Luther King Day and, and making your voice heard, don't let it stop there. Let it you know, carry you through into Black History Month. Empower your own voice through that whole month. And then, well, Black History Year. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to be uh, trying to empower ourselves through the whole 2024 and beyond. So. If this, if this is the catalyst for anybody who's sitting around waiting for their, their call to action, this is it. Because you already know who Martin Luther King is. You already know the civil rights he was fighting for. You know, there's plenty of stuff we don't know about him, but that's where your own research comes in. So you can decide, you know, what he was doing that you align with and what he was doing that you think was kind of holding us back from the true liberation and progress we need to see today. So, you know. I'm looking forward to, you know, being around a bunch of like-minded people who want to acknowledge such a profound person in our, in our, in our history. So I think that's very like, you know, encouraging to see like all these years later, people still want to be outside and you know, stand in solidarity, even if they're not a black person, you know? So, yeah. Hopefully it's just a start of something good for people who haven't necessarily been front lines or even raising awareness within their own communities like this can just remind them the power we have as people well so yeah next uh i do i have a little update for y'all update on the war the genocide that is going on within palestine so u.s first of all u.s leaders Sit down, sit down, let me talk to you. Keep your feet, keep your rocks to yourselves, okay? Because the US loves to throw a rock and hide their hand. So earlier this last year, late last year, excuse me, after October 7th, the um, Yemen leaders, the Houthi rebels, decided to strike some of the US boats in the Red Sea. And now, as of January 11th, yesterday as of the recording, they, the US and the UK have combined to send missile and airstrike attacks to the Houthi rebels in Yemen. They're saying, um, I think Biden, he stated, I quoted him, he said, and I quote, we demonstrate that the US will not allow tax on the ships in the Red Sea. So basically, Joe Biden's a little butthurt. The U.S. administration and the warmongers are, they just want to put their foot into something that they have no right. I feel since the U.S. has contributed to not only the start of Israel occupying land that was already owned by people, but then giving them that God-given right to say, hey, we are allowed to defend ourselves on your own land. It's pretty sick. And and the US also wants to take that claim again and say that they have every right to defend themselves against these rebels. But it's I feel like the US doesn't understand like once you set war onto someone, that means they have the right to defend themselves. Whatever strikes that you think 
like a few missiles it's not it's not hurting the rebels in Yemen like this is only more reason for retaliation toward US territory and that's not only putting like the leaders but the people at risk so there's more and more reason to keep boycotting y'all you know they trying to make boycott illegal but time to reinvest in your community stop reinvesting in these weapon manufacturers in the warmongers because if we don't pay them to make these missiles they can't keep sending them out they can't yeah um, I don't know. how do you feel about this yeah uh the like i mean you mentioned the the financial side of it i mean that's what this is all about as well like they it's because because they've been stealing chips right like that's and that's kind of from what i've seen the evidence i've seen that's what the Houthis have been doing. Their 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 actions have been stealing commercial ships, not like attacking other nations and stuff like that. And they they um while they're called like a rebel group and they're part of the like axis of resistance, like they manage the part of Yemen that they uh, that America attacked. And so it's definitely an escalation. It was also a a, a, um, a unilateral decision by Joe Biden. He went above Congress's head um, to make an executive order to do this attack. So it's, this was like Biden on some like get back gang shit for like, what reason? Um, and it's all, we're in like, just this really fascinating time. I don't want to sidetrack too much from um, Yemen specifically, but like uh, this was also like the today when we were recording this, um, the international court of justice uh had their hearing from israel and i i heard parts of the clips from israel they're just like repeating the same things they're like how i pray it was like israel basically their whole defense is i said what i said when i had said it <laughs> and like um, and, and did you did you see the guy in the fucking wig Sean, I'm gonna send you the clip. Put this clip up there because there's this fucking guy who's representing oh, yeah, Israel in the George Washington wig. Like, I. Bro, we. we like, took that shit off, bro. Took it off. He must have got hot after all the lies that he was saying. He sweated the wig off and came off. Like, I was like, I can't. If I was sitting in this meeting, I could not take Israel seriously. Like, why do you have a night? Uh, excuse me, a 1720s George Washington wig on your head in a judicial fucking courtroom like what year are, are we in colonizer time still like you're making it evident that you're a colonizer now like you just you just try to be trendy at this point because i don't know what that was i i, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about the dude who like tackled the judge but uh, so there was this dude who posted on tiktok and it was just mad funny he was like yo we do too much like why why is there a, a judge in a robe <laughs> like sitting behind this high-ass desk who's just like yeah, you're gone for the rest of your life. Like, I'm just supposed to accept that. Like, <laughs> and there's just these, uh, yeah, th like, uh, it is so funny. Once he said that and I started seeing the ICJ stuff, like, they're in full gowns. They got these, like, little napkin things. And then you got the, the funny wigs. It's unserious in 2024. <laughs> and we're fighting over genocide. Like, you can't grasp the idea that you're killing people in mass amounts, decimating families and bloodlines by the million. You're at 23,000 Palestinian deaths right now as of 2024 in January. And you decide to show up to court in a wig. Like, you think I'm supposed to take you seriously? Like, a bad wig. Judges, judges are crazy, bro. 
I'm going to deal with so many judges. Man. You want to tell people what to do with their land? You can't even figure out what to do with your hair. Yeah, like, look, judges, I, I, I got, I, one time I got pulled over, right? And when I got pulled over, I had a warrant for something else, right? I get pulled over, they got to take me down for the warrant. So I'm in there for the warrant. Now I'm going crazy. I'm, 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 I'm calling my people and shit to bail me out and shit because the next, like, I think like two days later, no, the next day was, was like the 4th of July. You know what I mean? Courts are closed. You can't get bailed out, none of that shit, right? So I'm going crazy. Ah, get me out of here, 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 shit. I don't want to go see this, this, uh, when I would, when, uh, after, after the 4th of July, I knew I had another judge to see. And if I knew I wanted, when I wanted to go see that judge, I know she was going to give me some time. So I'm like, get me, bail me up out of this shit. But I wasn't, I really, I wasn't even going to go to see her. I was just going to like get out of jail and just skip bail type shit. But <laughs> so they, they, my mom and them came and tried to bail me out. But bro, when they bailed me out, the bail mom was there and everything. And, 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 um, I was calling downstairs and they're like, oh, we, the paperwork, you know, the paperwork right now. I'm like, I bet. And I'm sitting there, and the fucking the the, the, the machine went down, the, the the system went down, computer system in the court. So now I can't get out, right? So now I can't get out until the, the, the system come back up. The system ain't come back up until after the Fourth of July, bro. So I had to sit in there. I went I went to court for that other person. They gave me like thirty days, boom. So the reason now now boom, I, I'm I'm in there for thirty days now. So as I get pulled over, so. The, the initial reason the person that pulled me over, I got to go to court for them. When they when they when they pulled me over, or whatever like that, and he took me down to the jail and he gave my ticket for that shit. They had a court date on it. I'm in jail when that court date come. They that they supposed to transport me from there, boom, to jail. They never did it. You feel me? Um, they didn't do it. They didn't give me my court date until the day I was supposed to be released off my 30 days. So. I already packed my clothes and all that shit, like, boom, because they, they usually do it if you go to court. Now, this is my first time seeing this judge. After I got pulled over, I didn't see no other judges. So this is going to be my first time in front of her. All of her, you know, I already know I can get the, the not guilty or the guilty plea. You know what I mean? And then we got to probably come to court again. So I go to, um, I'm, I'm in jail. I know it's my last day. So, I like, they supposed to let me out that morning, but when they didn't let me out, um, I go, I go up to the desk and like I was supposed to get out. They said, "No, you got court." And I'm like, "Shit, all right." So I gotta go to court. So I packed all my shit and everything. I'm ready to go. Like I'm thinking, like they're gonna dress me up from from jail and then take me to the courthouse and then whatever she gave me, then they were gonna release me from court. So I had my people and everything meet me at court and shit. But they never, they never changed my clothes. So I went in there with the jail suit on and I'm um, standing in front of her and like it's when I when I go in there, and this is this this place I was at. With some place I shouldn't have been at. I'm, I'm driving through it. I got pulled over on the highway. I didn't get pulled over in that town. That town, I, I forgot the name of it. I forgot the name of it. But, bro, it's no black people. It's got no population of no black people. You know what I mean? And it's one of them southern Jersey towns. Bro, I, I, I get in front of the judge, and she like, um, what you in jail for? And I was like, I, I told her, like, oh, for this prior charge, isn't that? And she was like, um, she was like, all right. She was like, uh, well, you know, this is a fine or something like that. If I let you out today, how you going to pay the fine? And I was like, shit, I'll get a job within a week or two. And she looked down, she looked at the paper, and then looked back up. She's like, man, now since you got that monkey suit on, you might as well, well stay in there. And I I thought it was a joke, bro. And I smiled and shit. And she was like, sit down. 
And I was looking around, and she's like, sit down. And Bella said, sit down. So I sit down, and I look at the dude next to me, and I'm like, what's the monkey suit? He's like, that shit you got on, bro. He said, basically, she told you you're going to get some more days. And she gave me another 30 days, bro. You know what I mean? But it was just her to sit up there and not know, like, what I have to do. Nothing, nothing, nothing. She asked me what I was in there for. I told her the prior shit. And she's like, you know what I mean? She just, oh, well, since you got that monkey suit on, you might as well stay in there. You know what I mean? And I didn't get no 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 not guilty, no guilty plea, not no none of that shit. Not a chance to get a lawyer, none of that shit. It was just like boom, like she just already written me off. Like he not gonna pay me the money if I let him out now, all that shit, yo. So I mean it was like these these niggas that get these 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 judges are so filthy and corrupted and they are really like the the, the top of the line. But that's why I said like those are who you really go at to like shame and get embarrassed. But when you go at them, you got a good chance of getting knocked off, bro. They got they got the power to do that shit. Or, or, you know what I mean? They got the, those are the people that get people knocked off and shit like that. Like get rid of them. Because like they're like the that. judges in that town. Like what that. are they get gonna say? You guilty? Yeah. They told them to yeah. do it. Like oh, I don't know what that is. Not guilty. It's a lot of power. It's a lot of power, bro. It's a lot of power to sit up on that shit. And the thing is, they're not the judges, not unless it's a big case that they got to deal with on a a constant basis. They're not invested in anybody. Why? Because they get hundreds of people they got to see a day that they just, ah, oh, this person did this. And you know what I mean? They just got to look at, they're really looking at you and judging you off the way you fucking look. That's sick. And people got to realize that shit because they treat, I, I, this is another thing. I I I I, I told y'all the, 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 the um the, the last time I got locked up was 2017. Um, being in court, I only violated probation one time. I was on probation for two years. I only had to do two years. I only violated one time, and they sent me to court for that shit. And they 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 was trying to hold me for five years, bro. They they wanted the nigga to do five years. And then to take a to take a plea deal, take the plea deal, and they try to give me a year, and I'm like, what the fuck? I did the whole two years on probation. I, I got one violation. Now, boom, fuck all that. I'm sitting up in there. My violation was, was they 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 trying to say that I wouldn't take a piss test. I said, bro, that was the least. I always take a piss test. I didn't give a fuck if my shit was dirty or not. I know y'all not gonna, you know what I mean? Lock me up for no dirty urine, but they 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 trying to say some shit like that. But I um I'm sitting up in court. I'm sitting up in court. Waiting on my um, waiting on my decision. That should make me mad. Think about it. And this is why I said this is why I'm getting mad, bro. But look, I'm sitting up in court waiting on my decision. White boy sitting up in there. White boy got five felonies. Five felonies. His his probation officer. We don't want him no more. You feel me? We don't want him no more. Um, some 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 some. He he stole from his stole for stole from his uh uh um his girlfriend's dad. Just a whole bunch of shit, right? Um, his probation officer stood up and said, "We don't want this pussy no more." You know, you know what? They went back. They went back. They did a little talk. Did the research. Uh, recess. Set us out. We we outside for like twenty minutes. We come back in. The motherfucker reassigned him right back to the same probation officer. Why? Because he's white. He had that money. The nigga tell him, "Boom, he got five new felonies." Guess what? Right behind that, I didn't catch no fucking felony. I didn't take a piss test. Boom, yeah. Right behind. You know what I'm saying? It's shit like that. Shit like that. Fuck the stinking ass judge. Yeah. Fuck them niggas. Yo, man, talk. Fuck yeah, 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 yeah. 
Now, can we normalize in 2024 having judges and essential workers who care? Like, because people who first interact with human beings, like, I'm talking about teachers, caretakers, um, home health aides, fucking psychiatrists, therapists. Why do these people not care about people? You know, but we can make police obsolete. But until we do, start caring, bitch. Like, why don't you care about people? Yeah. With you. <clears throat> for someone to have like such any really like um cause it was, <laughs> i was just on a call talking about this with people like how our politics america in general i don't know we have a lot of these things that like demand dignity and respect and then it's like we don't respect them with the the magnitude that they have like you as a judge have the power to tell someone five years i'm taking five years of your life and you're just supposed to say yes but like they, it's like they're like, yep, just checking a box. It's like, bro, that's a whole person in front of you. They're not a statistic. They're not a number. They're a human being. They could be a mother, a father, a sibling, you know, a child. Yeah. And and even our problem, you know, every once in a, every once in a while, um, these trials will go viral because the defendant is like a quirky, unapologetic type of defendant who wants to like talk to the judge as if it's their 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 counterpart or their their fucking peer. I remember the case of um the guy in Wisconsin that ran through the Christmas parade. Darrell Darrell Brooks. He went viral because he was mad at the judge for using his Facebook as evidence to the fact that he was linked to the truck. And you know, he went viral in a comedic sense for just his demeanor and how he was talking to the judge and he was telling the judge that she had no integrity and you know i think the reason they go viral is because a lot of people align or have the same inner belief that these people are speaking on you know even though they might convey it in a you know, i'm talking about the new video that went all viral? these videos that go viral in the courtroom i think they go viral because people can feel like they resonate. they resonate with it. Yeah, they, it's not even a level of empathy because the person's in the criminal justice system and that's the least they deserve is empathy. But you can actually put yourself in their shoes to, I would do that same thing if someone was doing this to me. I feel like that's where these reactions go viral. You know, the dude jumped over the fucking, the clerk desk. Like, that's not something you see every day. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him a round of <laughs> I, I really couldn't watch the full clip. I just, like, saw the jumping part. I didn't want to watch the sentencing part because it's, it's just a little too hard. Yeah, but, yeah, yo, just fucking, no, she no. was, like, like something like that. Like, she did a, and then he jumped is the clip that I saw. And then I'm, like, oh, no, shit. And he beat one of Bella's ass, too. Because and why are you, the- like, you know, like, some type of, like, nonchalant, I don't give a fuck about your life. I can tell you go five years and I'll still be able to have dinner tomorrow. Like oh, no, that's the shit that's the shit that'll break you, bro. To like to, to like to, to see shit like that, to see that shit and, and think, bro, there's so many of those shits. But to see that shit, like to see that shit right in front of your face and think that, oh, well, if he just get that, I'm definitely getting about here. Right, the yeah. prospect of freedom. Then I don't dangle it right in front of you. Bro, I, I was in jail. My first felony, like the, the, the reason why I was in, you know what I mean? I was, I was selling drugs. All right. Only got one, one of those. You know what I mean? Game over. You feel me? 
I got kids. I'm not doing nothing to like, you know what I mean? I'm not no dumb nigga, this and that. And it took them, you know what I mean? Um, I did what I had to do. I wasn't doing it. Like I said, I never did it for to be flossing or to be boom, I got this and none of that shit. It was to take care of my fucking family. Um, so when I got caught, game over. I got to figure something else out. That's why I told y'all before I came, I was working three, three fucking jobs. You know what I mean? Um, but even even when I was selling drugs, I worked. But anyways, I get I get I got caught. I got set up. You know what I mean? As soon as I hit the street, they caught me with the shit on me. You know what I mean? It was the dude called it. He here. They pulled up on me and jumped out before I could even. You know what I mean? Before I could even whatever. Um, I go down. I mean, I'm in, and this is this is what I'm saying. This is my first time getting caught with a felony. So they bring me in and shit, and I lied to them. They did. They they, they brought me in the interrogation room. They read my rights, and they um, and I lied to them. I just, you know what I mean? Um, I told them a whole bunch of rappers and shit. <laughs> just fucked them up, and they knew what it was. So guess what? They called the judge. The judge gave me a forty thousand dollar bail, bro. I go down. Um, I got I got caught with three grams. I don't know if y'all three grams or three grams of of, of crack. All right, three grams, um, bro. That's 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 like simple possession shit. You know what I mean? That's the shit they hit you like like you doing it your goddamn self. That's simple possession. But they took them three grams and guess what? They gave me all them three grams. They said that manufacturing. They gave me a manufacturing charge. Look up manufacturing charge. That's fed time, bro. They gave me a, like one of those type of felonies. Like they were trying to stick it to me. First felony, I got caught with three grams. They gave it to me like I was a like I was a kingpin or some shit, you know what I mean? Like I'm out there cooking and everything like that, and uh, it was it was just a whole bunch of shit. Um, but while I was in jail, I'm in jail my first time. White boy, I'm in I'm in the yard and playing basketball and shit, and I'm 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 I've been in jail like I said so many times, but I never got locked up for a felony. So, I'm. Jail's like a sweat box, especially if you ain't never been in there before. You ask everybody, how much time you think I'm gonna get for this? How much time do you need? You know what I mean? Now that you've been in there and like 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 municipal shit, I I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm uh, that's nothing. But I'm thinking like, oh shit, you know what I mean? These niggas could be in the manufacturing charge and uh, I might be doing like some other shit, you know what I mean? Some other time. Um that's what I said, like five years they were talking about. Um so Yeah, well I'm in the yard playing with the white boys and I'm asking them. And I, boom, boom. He's like, what you in here for? And I tell him, like, boom. And he's like, what you get caught? I said, yeah, I got caught. You know what I mean? Um, I had some drugs on me, this and that. Oh, man, ain't nothing. He's like, my first time I got it, I got my felony. He ran, his, ran somebody over, bro. No, no, no. We in there for him running somebody over. All of us in that cell got to go see a judge another day. You know what I mean? The next day. Uh, not that we, the people in there, we, we were in that little, these, uh, in that, in, that, in, that, in that cell, we all had to go see the judge. We all go see the judge. When I go in there and see the judge, that judge lowered my bell from 40000 to 20000 When they see that white boy, that white boy went home on probation. That's the shit I'll be talking about. It's shit like that. And that's what, that's the shit that, you know what I mean, made motherfuckers do the crime and shit, but then when they be sitting up there in front of that judge, bro, and you done been in front of that judge, you know, you know what I mean? And they can laugh and smirk in your face, like, just throw you in that goddamn system and laugh and smirk in your face without a care. Like, she thought that shit was funny. And that's probably why he jumped over that goddamn, that probably was the, you know what I mean? The straw that broke the camel's back. Bitch, you laughing? <laughs> you give me that time, but you gonna laugh in my face, bitch? Or was it a joke to you? Like, you just do this shit? 
Like, it's not a care in the world. And even going back to what you said about, like, the time stuff, too, like, that the judicial system dishes out. Like, it's completely not fair. Like, for someone to have three grams of an illegal substance versus... Running somebody over. (laughs) Running somebody over with a motorized vehicle. You know what I'm saying? That's very extreme. And and we've seen that again. We've seen that again with fucking Stephanie Sharp and Kamara Hughes. Stephanie Sharp, a 54-year-old NYPD tow truck driver, hits and kills a seven-year-old boy who had the right of way to walk in a crosswalk. And she gets a death ticket. A death ticket. A death appearance ticket. If you don't know what that is, that means you come into court and they be like, guilty, not guilty. And, it, and you, it's usually a fucking slap on the wrist. And I'm going to tell y'all why I know a death ticket is a slap on the wrist. On the wrist. Because a few weeks ago, um, at one, I think it was World Palestine's action, it was the Rockefeller tree lighting, I got jumped. First time getting jumped to by a group of officers that were um, blocking the roadway from a whole bunch of protesters. They didn't let us leave. And the officers started shoving for no reason. They just shoved me. Um, and I acted in self-defense, which is completely legal. And then I got jumped. I got tackled by multiple five or six officers and beat into the ground. They slipped me over a couple bikes and stuff. And I didn't want to say this too early. I want to make sure my case was wiped. You know what I'm saying? But they they definitely dropped the charge. It was nothing. It was I ended up getting some free shit like, like at a community court. They, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. It was like, but knowing how simple like that court case was for me, it was just like, wow. Someone who, who committed <laughs> manslaughter, manslaughter, only got charged with a death ticket, which was like um, inability to um, stop a vehicle or something like that. Or it, it, it's disgusting. She should have mur- murder. Yeah, I wasn't laughing at Donna. Blue walk past and squeeze some old nasty shit. <laughs> old nasty fart. Yo. <laughs> I heard it too. I <laughs> But yo, um, he shit on him. He don't like that. The other, the other thing he is, with the um, the other woman's name was I think her name was Stephanie something too. But the, the prime example, of, like like I'm saying, while while since 2020 when we started protesting, the same week the cops charged me. They they sent me to bookings. They sent me to bookings. Said I had a knife on me. I ain't have no knife, and they sent me to bookings. And I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in there for night, damn near two days. That same week, or if it wasn't the week, it was probably the, the next week over, within that two-week period, I, I swear, because I wasn't there. I wasn't at the action because I was I was, I was was home. You know what I mean? That was the first time I get arrested. You know what I mean? First time I got arrested out here. They, they, they stuck me in booking for like two days. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go home and take a, take a week off. Because I was just, when I came out, I was nonstop since City Hall. And this is when they locked, when they locked me up, I think it was like November. Yeah, it's like November. November. All right. So that same thing, her, her name, her last name was Castillo or some shit like that. Oh, Kathleen Castillo. Kathleen Castillo. The same within that two weeks. I, I, I was even supposed to be at that action. But, bro, ran through like eight protesters. Fuck. Not a night in jail. You get what I'm saying? She went, to, she went to the precinct for a couple of hours and was released. And the thing was, she, she oh, she was scared for her life. They, they make all these fucking excuses. Same thing with Daniel Penny. All these goddamn excuses. 
and don't spend a night in jail. They go to the prison for like an hour or two. They write their little report. Send them home. I don't even know if these niggas are getting uh, uh, handcuffed. Daniel Penny definitely got released on bond. He was like escorted by police. I didn't see no handcuffs oh. on him. No, no, no. That was after we turned up. No, I'm like, I didn't see no cuffs on him. Like, I didn't see no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like strong. Well, I'm saying that, that was the, the picture we seen with him with the cuffs on. I mean, well, with, with, them, with the police walking him out, that was after we turned up. The night that he did the shit, you know what I mean? They, I don't, oh, they probably yeah, don't come to meet us. At, they probably told the nigga meet us at the station. <laughs> meet us at the station. That shit crazy. But yeah, um, yeah, right, right there in our face, bro. Right there in our face. But just real quick, I just want to get back because we it was like got traumatic for me real quick. But that that shit was I wanted to laugh at that that like the the shit that way when that nigga jumped over the thing because I wanted to see how much how he get all that acceleration, bro. Like he, yeah. like, he his legs went up like this. Like on some superhero shit, bro. That shit. You know how they do, like, every time they sentence somebody, sometimes they like to do, like, a big speech and talk about, oh, if you used your intellect for this other thing, like, you'd have been so successful legally. He clearly would have made a great NFL player. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He tackled that judge. (laughs) He cleared that whole desk. Not a toe hit it. Bro, the way they got the video though, the video is so funny because they showed the nigga face and then the shit just clipped to her. And you see the nigga flying over the shit. I want to see like the whole thing, like wait, I want to see his face like turn to like oh my beginner. Like you just see it like turn his head to the side, like oh yeah. Uh, do we know what state that was in or city? That was in Vegas. That was Vegas. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There'd be a lot going on. Yo, blue, please, blue, blue. No, and it's actually funny. That's a big contrast to a video I was watching. Um, this dude was going uh, through the streets of San Francisco, and he was like, you know, pretty much covering the culture that exists there with the, the shoplifting and stuff. And a lot of these re- repeat offenders have been re- re-released so many times that they're thanking the DA, they're thanking the judges that they've come across. So it just shows the striking difference of you know the justice system in different places across the united states of america you know we're supposed to be unified in so many different ways but we're just divided in that many more yeah. talking Bro. about my fave andrew callahan channel five yes 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 andrew callahan i watched this philadelphia streets about the kensington neighborhood and the gentrification and then that um, one Right, I, I tried to tell Riley about that because I don't really is kind of familiar with the Philadelphia urban uh, culture, and um, you know I found out a little bit actually from Riley directly that that dude didn't necessarily talk on, you know, but um, yeah, you know it's just crazy to see yo like people are thanking the DAs in certain cities because they're getting away with crimes. Meanwhile, other guys are getting sent away for you know petty or non non-violent crimes that they're putting being put away for years, you know. And usually when you're standing at a judge, especially a woman, you know, you're, you're expecting them to, like, you know, judge with their heart, not their their, their, their mind. You know, you expect more of a, a heart tug. You're not expecting a, a harsh, you know, judgment. Yeah. I, I, I ultimately don't know how I feel. I, I've talked to Sean about this a little bit, and he's offered some great critiques on Andrew Callahan. I don't know how I feel about his coverage. Since that, like, San Francisco video, 
because he spends that a lot a lot of that video basically just interviewing people it's like yeah like there's no law and order here like i could just rob the store and pop out and i'll be good and th- at the same time though there's all these people like trying to make it seem like crime is increasing in america because of retail theft and like people have like disproven that right so i don't know crime coverage in general it's it's real tricky because people like easily weaponize that to be like progressive politics like doesn't work like go go woke go broke like also like more chaos more anarchy in your streets so like I i don't know how i feel about it exactly the kensington one i felt was important because like we talk a lot about harm reduction in general, but like, I don't really, like, I don't know beyond Narcan, like what harm reduction looks like. Um, and like, if we go up to Harlem one day and it looks like Kensington, like I, I'm i not sure what steps you start taking and how you just like interact with that beyond, beyond the basic of caring for people and like if someone's in imminent danger, but like, that's why I was trying to watch that one for it to be like, and they, I think it was good because they was talking about like they have they have some whole other shit like in in Kensington like they were talking about like Trank which is like this like a um, what was it it's like a a horse um, horse tranquilizer literally and how it like has this side effect that like flesh um, eating the flesh like, eating yeah, yeah like uh, this flesh eating disease that you get from it. Um, I thought it was just going to be about fentanyl, <laughs> you know, and it, it went to a whole other area talking about people having to do amputations, a whole lot of water. If you have the stomach for it, I, I think it's informational. He also, I forget what he did at the end. He started trying to tie it together with like gentrification. Yeah, I liked it for that, you know, just because, you know, he kind of talked about how they're all connected, even though they probably have never met. He's talking about the mayor, the drug dealer and the the school uh, temple, because Temple is a big university. They're they're kind of doing something similar to what we're seeing in Harlem and Columbia, where they're um, buying properties and um, just you know keeping it in a cons- constant loop within student housing, and that's pretty much displacing the locals, and then also you know raising the prices in those neighborhoods. So you know the the neglect is evident, but then to see how far they're willing to go to build right next door for a different demographic. Philly got it bad, man. It was bad when I was living there. This is people, like the shit that they be on and shit. As if, you know, the other thing is that when y'all talking about that, 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 that tranquilizer shit, yeah, when, when I was there, that's who, um, they, 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 they were, they um, were, like, like 2010 when I got into my accident, but they, bro, everybody, I think everybody on my block is like perked out, like, and what is the judge going to do about that? Like, like the dude said, they have a law where you can see one of the addicts on the street shooting up with like ten different stuff, ten bags or whatever. But I guess in Philly, weed is illegal, so he used the the, the marijuana as reference. If you see a guy with one bag of marijuana selling it, he, he's he's getting clicked up, and he's going to have to see a judge. You know, it's it's very it's a backwards and confusing situation when something you do in the streets can land you in the court system. You know. If you do something that people don't approve of or is generally like unacceptable, like there's street justice, you know, sadly, sometimes that, that that's more and more within the, the, the thing the person did originally. But, you know, the court system's not much better because it's just wasting someone's life away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rudy. 
I was just gonna kind of summarize what Miles was saying. Like the two arguments they kept making throughout the thing was that like one, like they're really criminalizing selling the drugs, uh, and like if drugs were legal, then they wouldn't be arresting all these people. Um, and like the only reason that it's criminalized is because the government can't make profit. No tax. Them, so that's that's why. Baby, there's no taxation on their street drugs. Yeah, and then the other argument they're making was basically like there's like an unintentional. Um, conspiracy between the drug dealers, the property managers and contractors and um, the police and like the city and yeah. the police. Yeah. To make to like have people kind of all doing drugs in this one particular area so that it lowers property value. And then like ultimately people contractors sweep in, buy up the property and then push those people to another part of the city. And the sanitation, the, uh, yeah, sanitation does encampment sweeps there just like they do in the city. And I think that's another element to it. You know, a lot of these folks aren't necessarily migrants from another country. These are people flocking to Philadelphia because it's the epicenter of an epidemic, sadly. You know, it's not just local Philadelphians. There are people from Chicago coming there and people from Memphis, like just just based off what I saw in that documentary. I'm sure people from all over the country are there. So, you know, I'm not saying criminalize certain things, but we have to find a way to get the restorative justice without standing in front of someone who's trying to send you away for X amount of time, you know? And I don't know if it comes down to public policy or just how we treat our neighbors, but there's definitely somewhere in the middle where like, you know, us as a society can meet and say, we don't need to wait till a a, a fucking, a news headline comes up about this where, someone who lived a perfectly innocent life turns to a different path and we could have helped them, but we didn't. And all this stuff, there's too many stories like that. And, you know, the judge is definitely not going to help at the end of the day. Yeah. The, 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 um, the best thing about the, the Harlem shit is, um, we'll have like blue stocking out there. I know they do like a whole bunch of, um, harm reduction. But that, I think that's fire too. And we definitely need them to be out there to, uh, to teach us. Like, they taught me how to do the Narcan. Um, yeah. Like I'm project, so. well. um, and I know, like, at Blue Stuck, they, they, like, they hold it. You know what I mean? Everything they got is, like, harm reduction. And they try to, um, uh, their space is used for that. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I think we can learn a lot from them. And that's cool that they're going to actually be, um, like, have a representative there every Saturday. Yeah. Shout out to Yeah, yeah. But the other thing I wanted to uh to get on with Cat Ways, bro, the internet, y'all. That's us. Did y'all was did, did, did y'all was y'all able to watch it? I watched I think I'm like an hour and a half into it. I'm just astonished that a three hour <laughs> interview is sitting at like fifty million views on YouTube after a week. It was like seven million in a day. I'm also shocked. Like, I just—it was funny. It was—it was a lot of revelations. He was exposing everybody. I love it. I expect the reception. <laughs> I love Cat Williams right now, bro. Yo, bro, that's the, that's what He's I'm. He's on apologetically. We need to get him more here. Yo, when, <laughs> exactly. when people expose the industry, they they make them like they crazy and all this other shit. And for years, like Cat been trying to expose the motherfuckers. Um. I think Kanye been trying to expose them, but I think he's like, I think he is like a little crazy. Like, <laughs> yo, and Brett, I was like, yo, he ordered something. He ordered something. Like, he going great, especially because 
he was dressing around looking, you know, looking like he was houseless. And then, you know, he was, yeah, he was running around looking like he was houseless. He wasn't driving. He was walking around and shit like that. He was doing them podcasts. He was talking crazy. And then when they started canceling him, like he, they, I seen this video. He pulled up in the car. He wasn't even driving. Somebody was chauffeuring him. He had his hair cut and he was in the back and he was just like, you know what I mean? saying who was all the sacrifice and he was like talking some good shit. I'm like, oh, he like, oh, he's really here now. I was like, I don't know what he was doing before. But then like the next video, he was like praising Hitler with the mask on. I was just like, yeah, I'm lost. So I think he's like crazy. But Cat Williams, I think they've been trying to silence him for years, bro. And like they've been trying to make him, like at one point in time, I think he was bugging. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, uh, I know I know Miles and him do because I showed him, but uh, when that time he got jumped in Philly, like he, he looked like he was like on some kind of drugs. You remember that, Rudy? I didn't see it. He was talking about it though, right? When he got jumped or when he got beat up? Oh, he was talking. Yo, but boy. it was both. Bro, it was the same week. I remember it was like a week of cat. We was just wild. Like everybody had their little episodes, but he had like, yeah, he had a, where it was like one time he was on stage in Philly with like Benny Siegel. Oh, I saw that one. And he jumped on the dude like behind Benny Siegel and they like, 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 jumped on him like you know, they, it was crazy they stomped him out of shit and then there was another joint where he was playing soccer with a whole bunch of middle schoolers or teenagers and i don't know what punched, punched, punched okay. right in the yeah. face no like just like, he was upset he rocking. and the seventh grade <laughs> put that nigga in the, <laughs> had that nigga like this had that nigga on the ground stretched out like this seventh grader bro he was like, it, it was bad it was bad with a whole bunch of kids around him like let him go like screaming for the seventh grader let cat go <laughs> it was bad, bro. But um, and he got charges for that. But I remember all that shit back then. That's when I was like, oh, he's losing it. But I, I know he always been trying to, like, expose the industry. And I think this is, like, the first time where they just let him, like, you know what I mean? And I don't think Shannon was ready for it. It just blows my mind, though, that when he, when, like, uh, someone who's exposing the industry, especially a black man, with the exception of Kanye trying to, like, you know, raise uh, – awareness about bro it's always gonna be a black man to do it. i haven't seen a um some certain white ones will do it every once in a while but then they'll like i don't hear from them no more i think like at one point in time i think jim carrey was it but i'm also noticing that it's always like listen i'd say you have to look like, at the timing of these things because that'd be always, it, it seems like it's always comedians that's always trying to expose the industry i've seen it where celebrities come out of the woodworks when there's a bigger story that's developing, such as what we're seeing with this ongoing genocide and the, the, the other wars. And, um, you know, the most recent thing with the Epstein thing, what what Cat Williams is talking about is semi-related to this trafficking uh, story that broke. With Bro, all Epstein. this shit, the same, the same industry that he's talking about with this Hollywood shit, it's the same industry as the government. All this shit is connected. Right. And I keep trying to tell people that. It's a reason why when they, when they want one of these government officials elected, they go get one of y'all favorite pop stars or, or whatever. They go get, stand beside them and pander to us. That's, it's, it's, or that's what it all is. That's why they have us be so into these people like that. I feel like because if you really listen to it, like what he was saying, like... I feel oh, like Eric oh. Adams did that on purpose. Like he gave the, the key to the city right before... The feds started looking through his phone. He's like, oh, let me just show everybody yeah, a celebrity that they want uh, from New York. So nobody's really worried about what I'm doing behind the scenes. Like, he, he definitely plotted it. Is that, that and you got to look at, like, like people like Jay-Z and all the motherfuckers. He using them as endorsements, and they running around. It's like, what the fuck? You meeting with Jim Jones and all these? Like, what the fuck are these niggas? 
What what are they doing about politics? Like, what are you talking? What are you, what are you, what's going on? How do they have some kind of influence on what? It's it's like they they we 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 protest, right? They say that's political, right? And they call that political, like when when you when when like basketball players, athletes, they be like, oh, I don't want to talk political. I don't want to. Yeah, we talk about protests, right? Um. Then they get Jay Z. How you silence them? Go get Jay Z. Tell them stop kneeling. <laughs> tell them we passed kneeling. <laughs> They, you know what that's what I think it's we, like we've that. gotten past the right, point. Are they still protesting? They still talking about defunding the police? Go get Barack Obama and tell them niggas to stop doing that shit. You know what I mean? It, it's go get somebody that's going to pander to them niggas that they love so much that's going to tell them to shut the fuck up and they're going to follow behind that shit. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that they put in power. And once these people do something to piss off one of these people in that power, then they, they figure out a way to get rid of you. And that's the same shit with Diddy. There's no way... That, that the government didn't know about Diddy doing all the shit he's been doing. We've been doing it. I knew about that shit since a little kid. As when I was in seventh grade, niggas was talking about uh, uh, puppy had something to do with Tupac murder. You know what I mean? It's, it's bro, since I was a little kid hearing about puppy and, and hearing about all these fucking people. They they been through that shit. It, it, it's just like they once you get to a certain point, you piss off the wrong people with this. You know what I mean? Or whatever that fucking Illuminati shit is. It ain't like, all right, this is how we get rid of them. Start, start, you know what I mean? Start shaming them. See, we got mad shit we can lock them up on. It's just how do we put it out there? Uh-huh. That's how that shit So works. what do you think about, like, um, the whole Shannon Sharp and the way he's able to use his platform outside of his main job, which he's more known for on ESPN? Shannon Sharp, as a as a, a media personality, he he's using a, a huh? separate platform away from, I guess, somebody's uh, contract. How far you get into that, Rudy? Oh, the the podcast. I got yeah, I got like an hour and a half into it. I mean, I did I never heard of. I did not know Shannon Sharp had a podcast before. <laughs> this, this oh, yo, you got to watch yeah. it. A lot of people got podcasts, so I, I don't. Well, know. I'm like, I was just asking that because like, oh, I got aimed at a protest for having a podcast. No, I was yeah, I was asking Rudy because I would I wanted I wanted when you watch it, if you can see this shit, he's almost indirect some of the shit he's he's indirect talking straight to Shannon. Talking about being in that industry shit. Having a, about the wife shit. If you really watch it, yeah, it's the shit with the wives, that everything he said, like, yo, it's crazy. And then the shit he said, it just sounds bro, it's like it's like it's planning the shit. That everything he said is like it's, it's, it's shit. From me looking at it, and this is the other thing too. This is the other thing I want to talk about because I'm, I'm a comedian, right? Um, well, I used to be, um, and I'm gonna tell y'all some real shit. <laughs> I got a joke that I told in Maryland in 2002. It's on video, bro. I wrote this joke. I didn't. I didn't write the joke. I constructed it in my head. Um, in my fucking grandmother's attic, bro. Um, for my second comedy show. And and I told it and I told it and it was recorded. Um, I have the recording and shit and I told it in Largo, Maryland. In 2018, I told this joke in 2002. In 2018, I heard my joke word for word from somebody from Largo, Maryland. I never seen this dude before, but that's how I think. And I moved away from Maryland in 2004, but that's how they take somebody's joke and just circle it around. When you're in a comedy club 
with a bunch of motherfuckers that, you know what I mean, that's nobody's famous and shit. You could take jokes or you could take it and modify it. You could do this, you could do that. You know what I mean? Um, bro, yo, bro, I heard my joke word for word. You know what I mean? Um, and that was on some just like some shit I seen on YouTube. They did this comedy special for HBO in 2020. This comedian that got up there and he's, he's on this show called Roast Me. Um, I'm going to look and get his name. Bro, in 2020, now he probably got my joke from this other motherfucker that he probably seen on YouTube. He told my joke word for word on HBO. And I can show you my shit from 2002. And you can, you can, it's crazy though. But bro, that's what he said. Like, and that's another reason why, like, Kevin Hart didn't want people recording at, at his shows. Um, I found that shit out the hard way too. I, um, I, I can't remember. I think it was like a second comedy special while they were recording that. I had, I had somebody said, um, somebody, from Maryland that, that booked the tickets ended up doing something else on New Year's, so they sent me the tickets to go out there. And um, I, I forgot, I, I think I got it to my girl, and I ended up giving the tickets to my sister and her boyfriend. But they went out there. And as soon as he got in the door, Roy pulled his phone out, and the ushers came, and they ushered him out. And they, you know what I mean? They kicked him out. So like it was just a waste. They fucked their they New Year's up. But either way, like it's because he didn't want nobody recording because people would take that joke. And it's also um, people will show that that footage if you see the if you if you see the joke ahead of time you don't have to what's the point of going to go see the movie you know what I mean um, so yeah I understand that shit and so I and I did exactly like what he was saying like as far as like yeah them big comedians coming in there and seeing people's jokes and then taking it and modifying it and then being a bigger name and being on TV before you and they say that shit on TV no now that joke is their joke. You know what I mean? That joke is is, is a custom to them. So that's that's the I, I saw that part and I thought that was like like deep. Some shit like that. And that was that was another reason why I like um also I try to be different when I was telling jokes. I tried to because comedians can really make a joke out of anything. You would just you know what I mean, I used to like mostly freestyle and you could you talk about anything, man. You could you could take a shit in the morning and, and wrote write a joke about that shit. You know what I mean? Like a comedian can do this is about basically anything have like the freedom just to like go crazy. So like I used to always try to have like fresh material. But that joke, that's why I said that joke right there, like that's my joke, bro. Well, I think the other part of like just my takeaways is how like these are also the same industries a lot of the youth in our generation aspire to be successful in. And I don't know. I feel like that's why I get such a widespread reaction, like the 50 million views in under a week, you know? Like, people actually want to tap in, like, this kind of stuff because before they actually put their all into something in that industry. No, I think people were shocked that he was going in like that. Well, yeah. Exposing well, it. look at all, like... It's yeah, brand he's, new known, he's known to be a comedian, yeah. so, like, if he's saying something serious, people are like, what? Yeah, it's, what? Rare. it's also rare to find people in the industry that's going to come out and, 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 and point niggas out. And actually, like, they come out and they talk indirect, but it's rare that we find them out of, like, boom, put a face on it, like, boom, this nigga, this nigga, this nigga. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think, like, when we were talking about with, like, the, the judges earlier, like, I think, I think people have a fascination with power, and I feel like we have maybe sometimes a hard way to, like, articulate what it is about power we find, like, unfair or, like, 
people articulating their desire for wanting more power in life. But like, ultimately, like all he's really doing is like saying like, these are some, these other comedians don't like me and they have a lot of power. They have a lot of power and influence and they're a tight knit group. And he talked about the wives stuff. And like, I'm sure there's like, a, he did it in a funny way, but it's really probably just, I think what it really, what I took away from that was like him pointing out, like they are a clique. Like they don't identify as a clique. They don't got like a band name. They don't call themselves like a gang, but he's like, there's like five people. They all really close. And like, they control shit and i've always had beef with them and i'm not someone who comes from power he he talked about him being like houseless since he was like 13 and like all the struggles he faced but he's like defending his like character as like a man he's like you know i, I found my own way i'm like I, i'm educated i read like i didn't you know all these things like he was trying to but like he was trying to like make the case that he's like you know he deserves to be listened to. And then the people he's speaking up against have always tried to silence and punch down on him. And uh, I think people like to tune in to see power fall. Like, I, I, I do think people like to see people kind of get knocked off. That's just, it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, if, if, if a Kevin Hart, if you find out a Kevin Hart and a Chris Rock who did this, they just had this whole Netflix special of them together. They're like the Titans, it's them and Dave Chappelle and, and then they, you find out like, oh, like they're not who you thought they were, you know, after they just painted themselves to be this thing. Um, so, yeah. And I, I think I think it's also like a fairness to it. Like people want shit to be fair. You don't want you don't want to find out that like hip hop is ran by like three rappers who like really control and gatekeep who gets in and who doesn't. You want to believe it's meritocratic. You want to believe right. you can become a rapper, too. You uh, tech industry is the same way. We can talk about stealing jokes. Like there are venture capital firms where like their like application process says like you may see you may find out we inve- we may not invest in you and you may find out we invest in a company that has your exact idea, but that doesn't mean we steal your idea <laughs> and you have to check this box that you're okay with that. But it's like you could. What is to stop you from taking that idea and giving it to someone you already invested in? versus investing more money you know it's very it's like people power lies about itself too i think it's like when people have that power they like act like they don't and um so whenever people can expose it i think Mm -hmm. like the gds in chicago too like the rappers like there's that like like Lil dirk and his crew are the ones who got all the money and the power and then there's like a his ops who they were both broke together they're like oh he's up and they're like yo we can't get no features with a 21 Savage or a Drake or any of these people because they all have features with him. And so we feel like we're blackballed, not because somebody said don't work with him, but because a bunch of people are like, I can't work with you because I work with him. NBA Youngboy had a whole song, which was fine when he disliked uh, Drake, Lil Yachty, J. Cole. And he was like, y'all saying y'all can't work with me because I got beef with Lil Dirk, but... That's power. Yeah, <laughs> word up. Yeah, that, um, okay. Nah, there's just also parallels between celebrity culture and day to day life. You know, just how how people move in their work worlds and their social lives. So, anytime a public figure opens up about what's going on in their life, I think <laughs> people are definitely gonna like go into it with at least an open mind when you're speaking about things like this, because it could be like earth shattering to hear things about like you know your favorite comedian or actor that you thought like you said 
was better than better than that. And then you find out down the line they're not. So it's just a part of celebrity culture, I think, where if if someone's uh in obscurity and un, unheard from, they, they come back and, and talk some spiciness. It's all it's gonna get regular people riled up and other celebrities as well, which kinda adds to the you know. I just hate I just hate how the how the how the industry just sucks sucks the um the culture out of a motherfucker, bro. Or they, or they talent and shit out of him. I watched it that happened to Eddie Murphy, but now he started like at, at the end of his career where he stopped being on TV like that, he started to get his funniness back. You know what I mean? His last couple of projects have been funny as hell. Um even though I can't I, I, you know I mean how I feel about the cops, I I just love his Beverly Hill cops. Yo, he's a nigga funny, bro. But the thing was, like after he did like uh Nutty Professor, was it Nutty Professor? Yeah, like Nutty Professor and white people seen how funny it was, they raped him, bro. They had him doing like two or three movies a year. You know what I mean? To the point he wasn't funny to us no more. Same shit like Cat Will uh not Cat Will Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart wasn't funny no more. I think I, I I remember when Kevin Hart first started off, he was funny to us. And then like when once they found it out, bro, he was like everything he's all all over commercials, the game, TV show and all that. And his TV show was funny at first, but I'm saying, like, by him, just keep exposing him, exposing him. He's everywhere, everywhere. His shit wasn't funny no more. You know what I mean? Like, to his stand-ups, not even goddamn funny no more. To the point that he's just shucking and jiving on TV in these commercials and stuff. It's not even funny. He got, like, a whole voice that he makes and shit now. It's, I don't know. It's just, like, like all the people that he named, I ain't going to say all of them. But the majority of them in the industry, they're not funny, bro. And I feel like they just like, you know what I mean? Just use them for they. <laughs> we got a black comedian in this bitch that's going to do whatever. Crazy. Incredible. I mean, like, do you think Harvey, this also like, extends? Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey ain't got no crazy comedy special. Or I can't remember something that he did that was that super funny where he got four or five TV shows now. And he, You know what I mean? Is is but he's a gatekeeper. How does how does Cat Williams sustain himself though? How, he does he he doesn't really do movies or like independently. I mean, I can see entrepreneurship and, and stuff. he had a special recently. He had a special in like the last year. Oh so. yeah, he just he said he oh, okay. had a special on, on Netflix coming out. But also, I mean, like you make money touring though, bro. Especially, if I mean, you know, I'm saying like, like, like he say he own all his shit and he's like in charge of what he do. So you just gotta think like, when they be going on tour and and, and all that, you know what I mean? Yeah, you making you got to pay for that. And if that shit is going straight into your pocket, yeah, he got he got he got money because he paying other comedians to come on tour with him. Damn, I mean, do you think how how so you don't think he's supported at all by like people that don't sell they? they and I think that I think that where they where they when people say don't sell your soul, that's a real thing. Do not sell your soul to these motherfuckers. And there's certain motherfuckers that do it, and certain I don't think everybody that's a movie star is part of part of that shit. Where it's some wickedness at, like like people say, it's the door. Do you want to go to this higher echelon where you you know what I mean? You are the shit, and everything you do is cold. We can make that happen for you. We can buy numbers. We can do this. We can do all this. But are you willing to do this? <laughs> are you willing to sacrifice, nigga? Are you willing? To... <laughs> that's what all. Yeah, that's that's just on the old the grand scale. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not signing that. No, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to them. I'm just gonna do it on my own. You feel me? You got that? It's the same thing with like independent artists. My favorite rapper is Sada Baby. He's not in the industry like that. 
Well, how's he been doing this shit independently? But he won't. I'll never be able to see him in concert now unless I go to Detroit because he only tours in Detroit. You dig what I'm saying? But he got his money. He's he's living. Like, you know what I mean? You can make it. If you see this, just like us, we're not part of no. You know what I mean? We're gonna keep grinding. Eventually, YouTube gonna start paying us. But when people so, start coming to us, like, oh, y'all got something on y'all hands? You want to sign this? You know what I mean? We got to start looking at shit. And I think it's crazy that Hollywood culture like branches out into other major cities. Like, like you know, like first it was Harvey Weinstein, and then you get another the gatekeeper Steen. You get another Steen, Jeffrey movie. Epstein, and. That's, That's in New York City. City and I'm touching on you. He's dealing with politicians and shit. This nigga's nasty. So that's actually what I was saying in the, in the first place. I think this is just like kind of to mask the true amount of people that should be invested in this Epstein case. Because it is an expository thing at the same time as another expository Bro. thing. But people's mind sp- mindset is different. That's what I was saying. Like, like what's interesting. Like that FDK shit is crazy, but the jokes, that's what I said. Nobody don't take shit seriously. Who's the dude that was at the Epstein Island that be in a wheelchair? Stephen Hawking. Yeah, it's all memes about oh, that, but he's a true. He's, a true fucking he's an actual. <laughs> he like, real... Yo, do y'all see the memes of the Stephen Hawking shit? Yeah. Oh, really? They want us to laugh memes? at it, bro. They want us to you laugh at it. You know who really? Stephen Hawking is? Like, yeah, I know who Stephen Hawking is. Bro, you got to see the memes of this thing at the, yo. They got the, you know, seen this clip before. It's a dude that's in the wheelchair shit. They about to, they about to take him into the jail. And he just get out the wheelchair, take off running. They got that uh, shit. They got some shit where somebody just like, like, yo. It's just a clip, bro, of this nigga. Where they be like, yo, where, where, uh, where, what's his name? What's that nigga name? Stephen Hawkins, where they were like, Stephen Hawkins <laughs> find out it's an orgy on Epstein Island, <laughs> and oh, it's got like somebody like throwing this nigga in a wheelchair through a window and shit. He like come busting through the window. Yo, bro, it's yo, the memes are ridiculous, bro. This just had me dying. But I'm like, yo, I'm gonna try to see you something, Sean. You got to like try to, yo, bro. But that's what I'm saying. You know, I I genuinely think social media is being used as a tool of of of, of propaganda. Right now, and memes is part of it. it I don't think any. I don't think any memes are like truly sourced to like a, have a source of origin. Like they just end up floating around the internet. Then one account with a, a big following, it, it, that's where it ca- like catches like trending numbers. And some of it actually does affect people's mind, like outlook on the situation, to downplay it and not look at it seriously. And it's like, shit. I'm turning 27 in, in a week, so. I just know a lot of younger people are way more impressionable. I consider, I still consider myself young, but I've grown out of certain things. I know that I was a part of as a, a young teenager and a young adult that a lot of people who are using Instagram and TikTok can't really discern the difference between that and reality and the implications of real life. So, oh, see, yeah, like yeah. the Cat Williams thing, I haven't seen too much of it on Instagram. And it hasn't been memefied yet, quite like the, the the Epstein shit. But I don't know. The fifty million views shows you like you don't need to alter that to get people to watch. Like <laughs> they gotta alter that Epstein shit to get people to watch. You know? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, I agree with some parts of that. Like 
Social media is for sure a propaganda machine. I mean, we intentionally create propaganda on social media. So, like, <laughs> like, like we intentionally. You don't think memes is part of that? Like, when when a very yeah, serious no, topic is memeified, and then it kind of just downplays the, the original situation. I mean, I create memes from serious topics to oh. get it to people. <laughs> like, it's, that's like a thing. <laughs> you know, it's like it's because people don't want to sit and read a, a article about high key <laughs> high key high key what happened no, no, no. I, guess that, that, I, I guess that's another conversation to have because then i guess if, if, if we're talking about disseminating information to a generation that doesn't engage with the news then i guess it's kind of necessary i want to say i'll do the same shit I, I like i like making fun of, of... yeah we got to throw a little comedic spin in there and it's also like it helps with the algorithm if you want people to actually see it. <laughs> so there's all different factors. Guy Williams thing, I think it's just like naturally attention grabbing. So you don't really need to turn that into you don't have to memeify that interview, even though there's plenty of meme content in there. Yeah, I think. And then last thing I guess on that Epstein thing is I feel like people are connecting too many things to. The, like people start connecting Palestine to Epstein, and I just don't understand how. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. I, I mean, a, there are missing children. <laughs> there are plenty of missing children, but I don't. I don't know if, if you can duplicate. Like, how to have the mouth try to make it happen? Yo, go ahead. Please say Ruby. I mean, <laughs> it was this activist Bree Newsom, I think is her name, and she started tying like there's like Israeli um, IDF people who would like has connections to like, or like there was like someone who was photographed with like an IDF hat or something. It's just, people sometimes like, that's where it starts to get to like, you're doing a little too much for me. Personally, I know it, it just, it just situations are pretty straightforward. You don't gotta intermingle them and mix them together. But <laughs> why is really making that face? Bro? <laughs> because, you know, I'm sorry, left that mouse noise. Yo, go ahead. What are you saying? What are you stop cutting the wall, mouse? I didn't say anything. I don't know what's going on. Nah, it was just funny because I think maybe I don't know who the exact people that they're accusing of being involved with it, but if, if there's like a global trafficking ring and there are a lot of kids that are being unaccounted for, and now it just so happens to be in there with the news cycle, I don't. I can see how people end up doing that. No, you can't. I wouldn't. It's just part. I wouldn't read too far into. It. I can see how people are doing it. I just wouldn't personally read too far into it because, like, they haven't been implicated before. So how all of a sudden are they implicated now? I think they're just trying to like get us all confused and shit. I feel like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're trying to confuse the shit out of us. It's crazy. Election year, lots going on on social media. Be diligent. Absolutely. 2024 just started. Vote community. Do not vote vote abolition. I gotta look up the... Not the last election year, but the year before that. Because like I said, like, uh, they were treating protesters like nasty around that time of year. Um, Especially around like November. Um, Every, every, seemed like every protest that came outside, they was fucking niggas up. And I guess it's because everybody be on some, you know what I mean? It's around that time where everybody's going for what you shouldn't vote for and shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would like to, like, look into that. But, I mean, also at the same time, um, last election year was uh, the uprising. So, it was, um, 
let's make it part two. Let's make another one. There's a lot of um, people outside, and if 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 the war is going on, that's going to be interesting to see, like around election time, like how how. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy year, man. Is that that's is so that, far from now? If this war, if the genocide is still happening by then, bro, we. <laughs> do anybody know the poll numbers? Oh, you mean like who's like leading on like the uh, Republican side? Yeah. Uh, Trump is still by far in the lead. Um, Chris Christie stepped down. It's really like Nikki Haley <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, Chris Christie stepped down. Didn't Nikki Haley recently step down too? No, she like she tried to say that the Civil War was not because of slavery, and then she went back and said that. It was, in fact, because of slavery. Did you see how after that that people were talking about her her ethnic background? Yeah, because she's she's Indian, right? She's, she's somehow white passing. I don't. I don't, I don't. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's how that. Happened. What is going on? What is going on? And what, and what about what about on the Democrat side? You know, it's so it's, it's going to be Biden. Yo, at this point, I'm about to run up against Biden because we don't need no more old white men in office. Like, don't y'all want to see diversity in office? Y'all want to see somebody who look like you? Somebody who represents your ideals and wants to abolish oppressive systems, not rebuild them or rename them? What's his name again? Um, I'm forgetting. Sean Chapman, if you recall. Black man, independent. Um, Cornell West? Cornell West, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's, I'm not a Roger for dog. I'm just saying that he's the other one who's like that's what I'm about to say. relevant. That's what I'm about oh, to say, bro. And that's why I was like, that's the only person I've heard so far. And, bro, I don't think he got a shot in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's going to do it has to kick in the door. Like, they can't be like one of those campaigns where it's like when Bloomberg spent $2 billion and dropped out after a month. I would, I'm dying to see that debate, though. Oh yeah, any, any I'm, dying see, I'm dying to see Biden debate anybody, bro. And <laughs> that's gonna be crazy, bro. <laughs> like, what are they? <laughs> Yo, like nothing those people Biden. could say Yo. would make me want to vote for them. Yeah. Like, what, are, what can you add? That's one of the popcorn nights, bro. I swear, when they debate, I'm watching everything, bro. Biden about to wild out. <laughs> oh, my God, the debate premiere? Yo. You should do a premiere party. Yo, I'm wild out, bro. Political premiere party. Listen, Biden, honestly, his poll, his polling is so bad that if another actual like viable candidate decided to make a run, he, he would be the nominee. He would not be the nominee. I don't know who who it's going to be. It's probably going to be one of these career politicians, sadly. But there's still time. I mean, and why, why, what that Kamala is good with, and that's that's I heard Charlemagne say that the other day that Kamala just disappeared, bro. Yeah, basically Kamala Harris just disappeared, and she don't she don't even want to run for president. She's just happy where she at, right? Want to be vice well, president? I mean, her boss ain't stepping down, so. Yeah, she like, fuck it. She like, I have no choice. I mean, Joe Biden was actually on Charlemagne's show when he was like, if you're having a hard time deciding whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Yeah. I don't know. Charlemagne has seen some of the the antics up close and personal as to why, you know, 
Biden might not be the choice second time around. Because this is stuff they're showing us, even though we already seen it. So oh, I, I think, yeah. Stuff. This year they panned it, right? Yeah, they, we already seen it, and they're going to show us it all again just to make us, like, reconsider what we were. Uh, no, I mean, these things are going to be coming around to the radio stations again. Now let's see if Power 105 right. interviewed us. Coming back around. He was just at that black church. Um, four yeah. more years. Four more years. <laughs> Yo, they got us looking crazy out here, bro. How are we the ones in four more years, bro? Why? It was um, yes. yeah, it was a black church. There's like some history there. I feel like there was like an attack on that church, um, but it was a bunch of older black folks for the most part, and there was some people who stood up and they said they interrupted his speech and they said ceasefire now. And then they right. got kicked out. And immediately after they got kicked out, the whole crowd started going, four more years, four more years. And so, in the same cadence. So it was just mocking the people who were chanting for yeah. ceasefire. And it's like, yeah, how the fuck could you? He's even saying at the end of that, where he was in Delaware, talking about learning about Muslims. Yo, he said some crazy shit. <laughs> and yeah, that's bro, before he lost his marbles, apparently. Learned about roaches today. That's crazy, bro. I mean, it's kind of like when Trump was doing his original campaign in like 2015 and he had that feud with the, the journalists with the disability and he started mocking him with his hands. Up to that point, I would be laughing at Trump. Yeah, but that was like the last straw for me where I'm like, oh, no, like if people are going to be laughing at this and voting for him, I can't be on that side of the, what, you know, what, the aisle. All right. This, yeah, but, um, I think we're about to wrap this up real quick, though. I got I got to. Um... I got one question. What, 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 what's going on with Trump right now as far as court? Y'all did. Is it like, so if he gets this shit that he, is there any of that shit wrapping up this year where he can't be like president if he gets found guilty for any of this shit? People, the, the other candidates said that he, they will pardon him if he gets convicted of anything. Uh, and his trial right now that I last saw, he, they're, they're trying to find him for like $370 million dollars. Um, the one with uh, the one in New York, and he he, just, he has a lot of trials, and I'm I'm, I'm not up to date. Tons. On the one that I'm interested in though is all these state these state uh, the the state lawmakers are trying to block him from being on the ballot. I know Colorado passed it and then rescinded it, or had repealed it, or so he's going to be on the Colorado ballot now. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a state by state process or if they could federally just block him. Excuse me, but um, yeah, they just have to find all ways to like it, make it so that Trump is not the candidate. But the narrative is going to be anybody but Biden, the same way it was anybody but Trump. So I don't I don't know where that's going to get us. Honestly, like, this is the time to really advocate for abolition. And if there's going to be a public figure, a public official representing the people, it should definitely be someone under fifty. All right, real 100%. quick. All right, we about to wrap this thing up. We're gonna go to our, do our call outs real quick. Though, quick predictions: Who's gonna be the president, Rudy? Who's gonna be the president? I don't want to say that publicly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just don't think I don't think it's gonna go any way that people want it to. Unfortunately, yeah, it might be the rev- this might be the revolution year. It like, might not be the revolution we want, though. That's it's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> we don't need more, any more insurrections. Yeah. No more. Yeah. All right, y'all. Um, what I got come? I got um on Monday. We well we, we yeah yeah As we we it. um today. Uh, 
Yeah, Monday. Yeah, tonight. Tonight, goddammit. Um, pull up to Barclays, 7 o'clock. We got a couple of organized out there. Don's be there. Yeah, fire. Stonewall's a riot. Um, we'll, we'll be uh, in remembrance. Uh, MLK will be showing solidarity, like I said, with people facing genocide. And we also, um, like I said, setting the tone and, and going over, like, you know what I mean? I got some new instruction on what we, you know what I mean? Uh, the new path of what we got to do this year, you know what I mean? To move forward as a people. Um, oh, and then, and then after that, Wednesday. So, so all right, so that's tonight, y'all. That's tonight. Okay. Um, and then Wednesday is Daniel Penny. Mm-hmm. We're going to surround that courthouse. Like I said, um, uh, I have a flyer, 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 flyer drop at the end of this episode. We back on his ass. This, this was a... a court that they were supposed to have on, on uh, December 6th, and they got postponed, so January 17th. Like I said, they're trying to keep it quiet. We're going to make noise. Um, we're going to put his ass back on the spotlight. He was in the spotlight when he did, when he did to uh, Jordan Nelly, and uh, it was everywhere. He was on the spotlight everywhere, in different states and everything, because of how New York was turning up, and like I said, it had the, the uprising, but now that he's going to court, they're trying to silence it. Um and uh, like I said, they're trying to silence it. So whatever they do, they don't want it. You know what I mean? People reacting, but we're going to show up and uh, hold space, make noise, um, and demand justice for Jordan Nilly. So that's that's um, January 17th. Yo, man, in fact, we're going to start you off. Go ahead, Miles. Call out. Yo, it was nice being part of this. Um, I look forward to joining <laughs> you guys again on this podcast. Um, my call out will be for my baseball team. I play for the Brooklyn Dukes. Uh, our season starts uh, in the spring. We'll run through the summer. We've won two years in a row at Century Park Baseball League. So if you want to follow them on Instagram, it's at Brooklyn Dukes Baseball. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, it was good to have you today. We'll probably have you on, the, on another one. It's called Miles Takes. Yeah. Yeah. Miles takes. We need to record that live. My, we need to see live us all in a room together at a table. Yeah. Pulling all the articles together, chopping yeah. up little excerpts, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, little technical difficulties with these callouts. Talk. But uh, yeah, check us out every single Thursday after we the people <laughs> at Stonewall was a riot. Stonewall was a riot. Um, we're holding. Stephanie Sharp accountable. I mentioned her earlier this episode, but Stephanie Sharp was the 54-year-old NYPD tow truck driver who struck and killed Kamari Hughes. The community of Bed-Stuy and Fort Greene is still demanding accountability. So we just want to see safer streets. We want to see a stoplight. We want to see speed bumps. And the road, the roadway, the intersection that Kamari was killed, we want to see a change to Kamari's way because Kamari deserves to get his way. So... We gonna be out there holding Stephanie Sharp accountable. Also, her case is coming up in February as well. So we're gonna we're gonna be looking out for that. Stonewall's the right community. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, and reshare that flyer. Yeah. Talk. Continue to build community with us. Yeah. yeah. Yo yo. Uh, we the people. Mutual aid distro every Thursday and Saturday. Thursdays we are in Bedstuy on the corner of Fulton and Nostrand, uh, feeding our community hot foods, clothing. <laughs> Uh, fresh produce, um, pop out, support, um, come through, build community with us, and then pop out again on Saturdays, uh, one o'clock, 
for as long as supplies last, both days. But Saturdays, we are in Harlem, uh, which we recently launched. Um, we talked about that recently. Uh, we are 125th in Lexington um, doing the same thing. So pop out both days and show support. You. Black Sky, building a black social network on the Blue Sky app. Check us out. Valuable information resource, cultural resource. We're having conversations and building community digitally as well as you see these centralized platforms censoring Palestinian voices, censoring activists. Uh, we got to build our own networks. So check us out on Black Sky. Yeah. Talk. Talk. And it has been unapologetic. Talks. Yeah. Catch y'all next week, y'all. Bye. Blah.